we are back in the studio another one this is gonna be episode number six so this is gonna be our first guest believe it or not justin i feel i feel honored <laughs> so justin purvis is in the house is that how you say it yeah i want to make sure i got it right well cool so yeah um got justin on got justin with me today so we're gonna just kind of freestyle this i don't know about other podcasts but we didn't do any kind of planning nope. there's no like notes we're just going to totally freestyle just kind of got in here we had a lot going on today so we just I, I invited him out to talk about the i guess we could call it the leap of faith yeah. to go out and start your own business and kind of leave that comfortable zone you work in you know working that that really comfortable job and that paycheck and insurance and um i know i'll go back and tell tell the audience the first time i met you um it was probably what two or three years ago it was yeah right at three years ago okay two or three years ago I, you actually at that time i owned the stump grinding mm -hmm. business and you had called me out to to grind some stumps for you yep. so i got out there and you know, did i think a good job for you oh yeah and oh, got, got a beautiful home up on a mountain and i remember just kind of feeling like i was just like i don't know in a place where time stood still <laughs> real peaceful yeah and got chickens running around and had a yard full of kids. Yep. How many? Five kids. Uh, five kids. Five kids. Uh, yep. Four daughters. One son. He's right in the middle, and uh, it's a uh, it's a wild ride. It yeah. Was, it was a hard leap of hard leap of faith. Yeah. So I I remember loading up the machine and and um, you know you even asking me then you know picking my brain a little bit about <laughs> the kind of the entrepreneurial world and I think I had told you that I was looking for help. And at one time you'd, we thought about partnering together yeah. or something like that, but I think. At one time I tried to buy the stump grinding business, but it just didn't line up with, uh, it didn't line up with the direction I'm in right now. Right. Yeah, so I think we uh, wrapped up there and um, it wasn't, but probably, I don't know, time got away from us. And then next thing I know, you're, you're, doing, you're doing your own thing. I had to. Yeah, so like, tell me, tell me kind of how like, what how long had you had you been thinking about starting your own business or what you were doing because you were working out of town where were you working tell people so, like explain that picture of where you're working and how far you had to drive i was working for a uh, defense contractor in marietta georgia uh building uh military aircraft for 13 years and making that drive well originally lived in paulden county and then we moved up here, and for about a year and a half, I made that drive from Rome to Marietta, Rome to Marietta. So I was in the car three hours a day. Dang. Leaving the house at 3 o'clock in the morning, getting home at 5.30 at night, never never seeing my kids, working six days a week, overtime. Um, really felt like I was missing out. Did, a, did a t honestly, a ton of damage even inside our marriage. Of just being away from... Just being away... Um, complacency, yep. uh, depression, anxiety. You're working all of your hard work and energy and effort is going towards a company that just has a badge number on you. They don't care about. And what did this what did this company do and what what was your role there? Like what So, a uh, defense contractor. Okay. <laughs> building airplanes. <laughs> right. Um and that's kind of a cool job, right? Oh, it was I mean, cool. Yeah, 13 years uh sheet metal mechanic, uh lead man, uh built 330 C130s. Bang. And uh it was, it, I mean, it, I, I started there at 19, so it paved the way for me and Mary Beth to get married, 
buy our first home, our children buy our second home. Yeah. Because, um, you know, in the entrepreneurial world, depending on what you're writing off, you're not going to buy much. Right. Um, and I, I just couldn't take it anymore. The stress, the pressure. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in the woods the other day uh, building a bridge three miles from a paved road, eating a sandwich. And I just thought about all of my old coworkers having a, you know, a break bell go off for your lunchtime and yep. threats of disciplinary action if you're not back on the on the plane. And I'm like, man. You did that for 13 years. 13 years. Couldn't take it anymore. Took a, took a complete chance and um, didn't even really want to. I own a landscape company. I didn't even really want to mow grass. I just didn't want to do that anymore. And so I, I took a leap to the quickest path I could in the middle of summer, too, at that, um, with five kids and a lot of bills and uh, took a wore-out truck and got an LLC. Uh, <laughs> uh, started off with a Cub Cadet mower from Tractor Supply and just gave it my all. And uh, learned a lot along the way. Yeah. So, like, did you did you have any, like, tough conversations with your wife before that happened? Or did you just kind of tell her, hey, this is what I got to do to essentially save the save the marriage? Or did you just, I didn't know how that was kind of going down at home with her. Was she nervous about that happening, being that there's five or six mouths to feed? I think, uh, I, I remember specifically, we knew something had to change, something had to give. Um and I remember coming home, uh, it was early, early May of 21. Yeah. I remember telling her, I said, I'm going to quit my job. And she actually started crying and was thankful. Okay. She said, finally. And she knew that the next road was going to be very difficult. But ultimately, it was going to pave a completely different direction, which... It's been hard. Yeah. I mean, even the, even the, the, you know, finishing up the pandemic. Oh yeah. Cause you probably, did you start right at the pandemic or was was it halfway halfway through? Oh wow. And, um, so we're like, we've got that and our kids back in school and tried to homeschool for a year and trying to start a business from scratch and, and still pay our bills. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. yeah, so like when when you're talking about starting your own business, obviously that that takes a little bit of money. I mean, because sometimes people are working a working a job and they're already kind of paycheck to paycheck. And I know for me, when I f- first started the my first business, I had to I had to borrow the money from the from the bank. Um, what situation was that in? Was did you did you was you good about saving some money or did you go just try, try to find a cheap lawnmower just to get started? Like what? I'm trying to give people a little bit of hope here that you don't have to have, yeah. you know, maybe all the money sitting to the side. There's, there's, I guess, even if you got to put it on a credit card, oh, I yeah. guess, or finance it to get the ball rolling. That's, that's a, you know. So I had some money um, set aside, not much, but I had a, I mean, I've got a 2003 Toyota Sequoia. There that, you go. That was our, that was our farm, our land vehicle. Yep. And, um, and I'd already bought a tractor for our property and so you had that had a tractor and I already had that zero turn for our property. And all my buddies said, you cannot start a, a commercial business with that cub cadet. 
And I said, I don't know if it can hold up to what I'm going to put it through, but we're right. about to find out what it can yeah. hold up to. And um, I had a $600 landscape trailer, bought some racks off of Amazon, some Home Depot weed eaters. Just went for it. It just went for it. And the first year was was hard. You got to kind of undersell yourself. You got to kind of do the jobs no one wants to do. You learn a lot along the way. You know, you underquote stuff, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then halfway through uh, that job, you're really regretting the price that you gave. Yeah, I remember not having a clue how to price stump jobs, and I remember just getting on YouTube. And everybody on YouTube, for some reason, which I'm not knocking anybody that still does this, but looking back, I think it's crazy, but they were measuring stumps with a, a tape measure and charging by the inch. And I, at the time, I thought, hey, that's, that's awesome. That's easy. So literally, like I remember one of my first jobs, this guy had like 40 or 50 stumps. And I spent 30 minutes walking around his yard measuring stumps and writing them down on a notepad. And it took me a while to get – and he thought I was crazy. He's like – he saw me out there. I mean, I can imagine what he's seeing from his, his back porch. He sees a guy out there measuring all the stumps. And I'm trying to do the math on paper. But then, obviously, years later, I'm looking back thinking that wasn't the smartest thing to do because just because a stump is, say, eight inches across, what about the height? What about the root yeah. span out? What about accessibility? I know all that now because of experience. Right. And like you said, you don't know all that in the beginning. So you're right. You have to kind of just go for it and figure it out along the way. And, uh, that's, that's awesome. So, but yeah, um, as far as like, how did you learn to do away with like, or not have all the, the flashy benefits and stuff that comes with a, a job, like as far as the medical, I know a lot of people, that's such a big deal and I, and I get it. I mean, especially when you got a family. So, um, that's something that. All right. So for me, it was about freedom. Yeah. It's not about the retirement plan. It's not about the benefits. It's not about, to me, that that kind of um, uh, locks you into a prison of never taking a chance or risk because you might not get to retire at 65. Yeah. You might not get the best benefits. But I think that all of us, if we're honest, reach a point in life where we have a decision to make. Are we going to stay in the system or are we going to, go against the system. Yeah. For me, it was all about freedom. I mean, now I get up in the morning, I could leave the house at six 30 and start mowing grass at seven, or I could leave the house at seven after fixing my kids breakfast, drive them to school, see them off for the day, pick them up sometimes in the afternoons, um, pick and choose my schedule and I can breathe. Like I'm not like, the year for me, it's all about my family. And honestly, running a business is a lot like running a family or marriage. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. Yeah. There's a lot of things to learn. And when you screw up, you can try again. Yep. You can go a different direction. You can try it a different way. My first year looks nothing like this year. And I can tell you year two probably screwed up the most. And, but now I know. Right. I know how to prepare better for yeah. next winter. I know how. But for me, it wasn't even about the benefits anymore. It was about freedom. And it was about a purpose. Um, I, I, won't, I, I don't care now if I work until I can't work anymore. Right. I just wanted 
to feel free for yeah. once. Because, like, I think me and you had a conversation just a few days ago at the gym to where you, you saw in the forecast it's going to be a lot of rain this week. Mm-hmm. So you just postponed all your work till till next week, and you were able to kind of just chill back this week and spend time with the family and knock out some personal errands. And and you probably wouldn't have you wouldn't have been able to done that if you were still working on the airplanes. Yeah. Oh no, no. And like last week, I built an ATV bridge, and then we finished it. And my customer came riding up on a four wheeler and said, "Hey, I really need one right around this corner, another hundred yards. Whenever you can get to it." Yeah. You can build that one too. And I looked at the forecast and I said, we can build it in two days. If I can go ahead and build it and knock it out, I don't even need to work next week. So we went out Friday and Saturday and knocked out bridge number two. And and I knew it was going to be raining this week. And I could just lay back, go to the gym. Um, one of my kids is sick at home, so kind of navigating that. And Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's... it's it, but being a business owner too is feast or famine. You know right, that. Right. Yep. Because your work will pile on you, and then you'll be stressed because you have too much work. And then a month later, you'll be stressed because your bank account has pennies in it, and you don't have enough work. You always wish that for that happy medium, but it never comes. No. <laughs> no, it never comes. No. Yep. Yep. I know during during the COVID during the pandemic, um, that was a super busy time for people in. You're, you're probably your line of work because they were at home mm-hmm. doing upgrades. I know now you're building decks, which brings me to a whole other question is like, how do you, how do you know how to do that? Like, tell me where that stemmed from. Have you always been like resourceful or did you grow up with a dad or somebody that knew how to do stuff? Like, tell us a little bit about how, what influenced that being like, go with your hands. Um, my dad was a builder. Um, my uncle I spent every summer in Alaska with was a builder and then uh, all through high school, I worked with a man that was a handyman, and we built decks. But I hadn't really built much since high school until the first ATV bridge we built last year. My customer reached out and said, we need a 40-foot boardwalk at a five-degree angle with a heavy curve in it to go around this corner of this trail. Can you build it? And I'm like, yeah, I can build it. And, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes yeah. you have to fake it till you make it. And it turned out awesome. And then she's like, we need another bridge. And we need another bridge. And then somebody saw the bridges and said, hey, can you build a deck? So I haven't built a deck in, how many years is that now? 16 years. Yeah. So I'm online. What are the current codes? Um, what, What should I do? What should I not do? There was some handicap ramps along the way. And now I'm like, seven or eight decks in and they keep getting bigger yeah i'm like it, i've seen this landscape and grass cutting company turn into like a deck company and, and like i'm enjoying seeing the, the photos yeah. on facebook and it looks really really good like i can tell because I, I grew up doing construction i i don't really have the, the confidence to to build decks for other people i might would do one for myself right but to, to be able to, to do that for other people and then be happy with it and it'd be durable and last that's it, awesome. It, it's stressful because, like, like, I know what I'm doing, but I tell you, man, the first day of building is high stress because you don't want to mess up another customer's property. You want to respect their money. You want to respect um, the, the, the quality of it. And do I really want to build decks or even mow grass? Not even necessarily, but I've got those mouths to feed. Yep. And it, it goes back to 
do I want to be standing in direct sunlight in July building a deck? No. But the the dividends of it, the payoff and paying my bills is is worth it. Yeah, and another question I have for you is when when did you have that moment where when you were self-employed or maybe it was before where you did a project for somebody and you made um, your first like good money on a project and you were like, Oh crap. Like I just made, I just made as much money in a couple of days as it normally took me to two weeks in my old job. Was there ever a moment where it kind of was like you were feeling super, super grateful for, 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 you know, for that happening. And like, it just gave you more confidence to keep going. Cause I know I had the moment where oh, yeah. I literally took the machine out the first weekend and just in a couple of hours, I had made almost half of my salary that I normally made through working for somebody else. And that's, I got excited. I was like, this is, this, this, this may work. I have a chance for this to work. I didn't know if you had like one of those similar moments where you're like a light bulb went off and you're like, this is, this is possibly going to be a good thing. So I was sitting, um, I was sitting in a, a therapist office talking to my counselor about my anxieties and stress at my previous job. And I was telling him that I think I was going to start my own company. And he was trying to build a plan for me of how many customers I would need Mm -hmm. to be able to walk away. So I originally said, I'm going to leave a 14-year career with benefits. If I can get 30 yards, 30 customers, I'll leave. Well, then a customer comes along and says, hey, um, I've got, I've got, a job for you clearing four wheeler trails. And if you can open up these old forestry roads and four wheeler trails, I'll pay you such and such amount per day. Right. And the amount equaled just about what I was making in a week after taxes. How'd that make you feel? Well, <laughs> it's awesome. So I asked her, I said, well, how much work is available? And she said, there's at least two, three months worth, two days a week minimum for you to clear these trails. Mm-hmm. I had that in one yard and I turned in my two week notice. And my therapist and some friends of mine were like, you're insane. You And I mean, I am a man of faith. I'm not going to preach on yeah. the podcast, but... I said, hey, I'm going to step out yeah, and I'm going to take a chance. And yeah, it was scary. But looking back, anybody listening, if you have a dream, give it your all and take a chance. If you, there's no such thing as failure. There's just learning curves. And that's the truth with business owning, families, marriage. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're in a job right now or just a life, that you, you're just, for lack of better words, hating, and you're just miserable getting up, and you're just kind of going through the motions, and you, you have, like, this desire to, to, for a change, but you're scared. But at the same time, what, what do you have to lose? Right. Because you're already kind of miserable. Um, so what, 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 what's the risk of staying where you're at? Sometimes you can flip the question. You know, what if you, what if you had stayed being away from the family you know, and driving three hours a day, you know, where would you be now or where would you be right. two years from now? Could you, could you have been, um, divorced? Could you have been, you know, you never know. Now you're able to spend more time and 
all that stuff. So sometimes I like to flip the question is what would happen if you didn't. It's, it's funny because even, even with the 13 years at the other career, um, I look back at coworkers and it's like 80% of them are divorced. Most of them are alcoholics. Most of them are on antidepressants. And even my 13 years there, the last two years from leaving that company and starting this new has still drastically affected our marriage to where you think about it this way, you're never home. Now yeah. you're home all the time. Right. So now it's like, do I know this person? And how do we, how do we like, I mean the f- five kids. Right. Yeah. And like, how do you, how do you actually like look in the mirror at yourself and your ultimate goals, which is like I said before, it's the it's the the freedom of of being um, more available. And but anything in life is complacency. Yep. You know anything in life is or overcoming complacency. Be willing to change. Take a chance. Start the business. Um, nothing. There's no guarantees. But what rewards might be available? Yep, and I think if you got if you got somebody that that has that desire or a or a side gig that they're they're wanting to start, and they're just nervous for whatever reason to to go out on their own, it could be because they're they're truly financially strapped. I mean, there's there is some situations where I, I feel for people that are just so so strapped paycheck to paycheck to where they almost got to do some hard work, knocking off some, some debt, give them a little bit of breathing room to, to go out on their own. And I I just didn't know if, if we could give somebody some advice or some legit value. If they're thinking about starting a business, I don't mean you have been down that road. Like what's, what's some like useful uh, information we can give them to kind of go into that little, little, little bit letter, you know, less risk, I guess you could say. Well, so for me, um, I mean, my, my wife for the majority of our marriage has been a stay at home mom. And now she's working part time as a kind of a personal trainer, but I was financially strapped. I'm talking paycheck to paycheck. Hey, don't buy this this week. Hey, right. I'm going to work some overtime this weekend to, to do this next week. So you were, Oh yeah. Um, I already had credit card debt, already had cars financed. Um, I reached a place where not taking the chance was, wasn't worth it. Right. I was so miserable and yeah, I've got credit card debt right now. I'm not happy with, yeah. it used to stress me when I worked at a corporation, everything had to be eyes dotted and T's crossed. And then once you kind of step out there, you realize you're like, it's really not that you pay your bill. You pay your bills. You pay down your debt when when you can, and you just you just send it full yeah. send it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't go out and immediately buy new equipment, new truck. Both of my trucks are barely making it down the road, but they're making me money. Why do I need a new truck? Right. I went yeah. out and bought a twenty year old twenty five hundred HD with three hundred thousand miles on it, and it leaks oil and it has issues and it's never left me on the side of the road. And I drive it all over North Georgia. Um, but, but this last year I did my mower 
my poor non-commercial mower did give out and I did go out and I financed a newer zero turn and got a trailer and bought bought another one with cash. And so I have a whole fleet of mowers now yeah. that are available, but I didn't do that the first year. The first year I did the bare minimum and uh, yeah. Yeah. I think people are way more capable way more than they know mm-hmm. or give themselves credit for. It's just, I think there's just a lot of fears and mental blocks that keeps them from actually taking that step. And I think a lot of it is the, the money, like how much is it going to cost to start this business, whether it's a t-shirt printing or landscaping or whatever. But, um, I think like most people, once they do it and get past that first initial step, they're like, man, this is, this is like the, the freedom you talk about. Yeah, I don't, um, I would, if any, anybody that's questioning it, I would tell you that it's worth it. Um, there are hard times, but there's hard times when you have a boss yelling at you. The, you when you're self-employed, you're not dealing with HR. <laughs> right. You're not dealing with with supervisors and managers. You are the owner, the manager, the supervisor, and the employee. Um, but there's risk, too. What if I get injured? Yeah. You know, um, I, I slipped last year and ran a chainsaw across my jeans, and it tore my jeans and never hit my skin. Wow. I mean, I, I mean, there's, there's risk. Oh yeah. But I mean, there's risk walking across the road or driving down the street. Yeah. And you, well, and you, I guess you hear about people getting hurt on the job at corporations too, yep. you know? So yeah, you're right. There's risk. Um, what about people that's worried about like all the legal stuff, like the taxes and stuff like that? I know when I first started, I, I had a friend of a friend that kind of helped guide me a little bit, but they're talking about this LLC stuff. And, and like, you know, if you live in the city, you got to have a business license. If you work out of your house in the County, you got to have this, you know, you don't have to have that. So, and I think like most of it, you just, you just go for it. And, you know, if, I know later on, I got eventually got all the correct credentials, but at first I didn't. So <laughs> I, I immediately um, got my LLC, um, got insurance on my business LLC is cheap. Yeah. I mean, y'all, an LLC is like $100 a year. Um, my business insurance, I have it through Travelers, and I think I'm paying for great coverage, like $94 a month. Now, that's that's landscaping. That's yeah. mowing. Um, the rest of it, like taxes, I mean, sorry, everybody, I have five kids. What taxes? <laughs> um, but th- people don't realize the amount of write-offs. But, but there's a negative to that, too, because if you write off all your receipts and your company shows negative at the end of the year. Then you don't have income. Then you don't have income, so you get. go to buy a house. And <laughs> so uh, we, luckily, we're secure where we're at on our property, and we're happy where we're at. So that's not a big deal for me at this point. Because you're not planning on buying a home right. anytime soon. Right. But it's, it's really figuring out, like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, yeah. and, and I mean, it's, it's not this big, like, I, I don't need, I can't even describe it. Um, for me, it was worth the risk. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I write off just about everything I can. I've got a great accountant who works with me. 
and I haven't I haven't had any issues. Um, because yeah. you you probably you probably learned real quick if you um, if you do everything by the book, quote quote, um, you probably wouldn't be in business too long. <laughs> right, you got to have a good accountant. Yeah, or some good good advice from a, an accountant. Yeah, I mean, write off everything. Yes. Um, I mean, you can you can literally write off just about everything. Um, but yeah, it, it it's. I, I've been asked all those questions. What do you do about this? What do you do about that? Actually, even the healthcare marketplace is pretty reasonable. I mean, you can get a whole family um, on insurance if you're making less than, on paper, less than 130k a year. I mean, you're, you're 500 bucks a month, right? For a PPO plan, yeah. that's pretty decent. And then you realize like you're paying like 200 dollars per paycheck at my other company i'm like wait, well, it was like 800 a month <laughs> um it was better insurance but the, what what's the risk like are you gonna stay locked down i i don't know how many co-workers i worked with who all had dreams and ambitions to leave some of them had no children and they're still there and they'll probably always be there just for that the benefits and stuff like that security you know that it's safe yeah um but, I mean, there's no it, – it's going to take hard work. If you want something, you've got to go after it, and you have to go after it to where um, failure is not an option. Yeah, I mean, kind of the same thing I did. I didn't, I didn't really – I knew it's what I wanted to do. I could have sat there and dwelled on everything that could go wrong, and it paralyzed me. But I, I valued the freedom – that I knew I was going to get so much more that that's what kind of kept me motivated because like you said earlier, you can, you can talk about stuff that happens probably every day or every week where you have those glimpses of freedom to where you can finagle your schedule and stuff like that. Yes, there's bad days, but like you said earlier, there's bad days at a, at a, a nine to five job. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I remember working for direct TV and Talk about a, a a hard job, man. You know, you're 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 under houses. Um, you're having to dig your your own hole to set your satellite post, mix up your own concrete, yep. trench a cable through the grass, run it fifty feet up in attics. I remember being just slapped, wore out, dehydrated, thinking I'm done for the day, and I refreshed my computer, and they they're sending me to another job at seven o'clock in the evening to somewhere across town. That's that's a bad day, yeah. you know. And you're you got a you got a, a employee meeting the next morning at six o'clock at the warehouse in in Cartersville. So yeah, lots of lots of bad days in the the, the corporate world too. Yeah, and then you realize like I don't know when it hit me. Um, I used to like drive by landscapers and I almost feel sorry for them. I'm like, oh, they're out there mowing grass, and then you pick up 50 or 60 yards and you realize how much money you're actually making. Let's just, just y'all do the math at $50 a yard. Um, and you doing that every two weeks without building decks, without doing this, without doing that. Some of your, your, your customers are maybe on fixed income. You know, I don't know how many houses I went to and I would look at a yard and tell them, I was like, Hey, this is, this is a $60 yard. And the lady's like, I've been paying a hundred. 
And I'm like, you're getting ripped off. Yeah. If you're going to start a business, respect people's money. Be honest. I mean, charge a fair price. But even like the decks and stuff that that I've, I'm going and quoting decks, and I'm, I'm I don't have much overhead. I've got a helper that what goes with me, and I give a quote that is astronomical to me, and I find out that it's, it's the lowest one, the lowest one by thousands, and I'm looking at people going, how are they even charging that much? But it's 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 all the overhead. It's their workman's comp. It's this. It's that. Um, I could grow my business way bigger, but currently I have peace. Yeah. So there's a there's a scale there too of you end up with 20, 30 employees. They're wrecking your trucks, messing up your insurance, destroying customers' property, not building to your standard or your quality. So I've, at this point, I'm keeping it small, paying my bills, and enjoying time with my family. Yeah, because – you know as well as I know, you, freedom and then financially freedom is 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 if you if you make a million dollars a year and you spend a million a year, guess what? You're, you're broke. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right. So a lot of people as their as their income starts coming in, they a lot of people it's and it's it's, it's tempting. You know, if you start getting some some good money coming in, it's hard not to go get a bigger house or a nicer car. But it sounds like you're you have the awareness to kind of know to keep it in check because there, there is going to be slow times. Yeah. And what if you get hurt? Mm-hmm. You, you, you're doing the entrepreneur thing, I think, sm- smart. Yeah. To whereas a lot of people, you know, would probably go out and buy a really expensive house or a car, and then the next thing you know, um, winter time comes and the work stops coming in. you gotta got to make sure to keep some money stashed away. Yeah, I don't know how many – of the smaller landscape companies I see, and these guys are in 2021, 2022 pickup trucks. Yeah. And they're Crazy. driving around, and I'm like, man, like, you got a $1,200 a month truck note. And, like, it, it's towing that trailer the same as my wore-out truck. Now, I could I could need maintenance and all that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it really kind of goes back to, is it making me money or costing me money? Yep. And my truck's paid for and yeah i would love to have a newer truck nicer but you accidentally drop a sledgehammer on the side of your truck <laughs> right and you look at the truck that's wore out and you laugh right versus look- a nice new one you're paranoid all day right especially if you start having coworkers drive your stuff mm-hmm. that's cool and they don't they don't teach you none of this in school you know like growing up going through school i'm like it'd been been nice if they would have I, th- I still think it would be nice if school systems would teach kids how to like do basic accounting and like learn about a little bit about taxes and stuff like that. So, um, not to get too too political, but I feel like looking back, the system is kind of designed to kind of keep you, of course, like like not dumb, but you know, it's kind of they're kind of molding you to 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 get out and become like a slave. To the system. To the system. I mean, think about it. You go to school in kindergarten all the way through 12th grade, and you have to walk in lines down the hallway. You have to raise your hand, go to the restroom. You have a lunch break with bells, and then you shift to a large corporation. Yeah. And it's it's the exact same thing. Just in grown-up world. The CEO is the president (laughs) of the company. I mean, the uh, principal. Principal. (laughs) And your teachers, your supervisor, and the assistant principals, the managers – and all of a sudden, 
you don't even realize it. You shifted straight from high school, and if you chose to go to college, straight into an office building or a hospital or an airplane factory or direct TV. And before right. you know it, you don't even realize that you've shifted straight from school into school with a paycheck. Right. Or prison with a paycheck. <laughs> um, and, man, when you step out of that box, the world looks at you like you're crazy. But you can kind of do whatever you want. As long as you're paying your bills, um, it's, it's, it's a freedom I can't really describe. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... Um we, we met here at two o'clock. It's on a Thursday. Yeah. Where, where, where would we normally be at two o'clock on a Thursday? Miserable. <laughs> I would be normally, um, eight years ago, probably in an attic or under a house right now, fighting cobwebs and drilling holes through floors, trying to run, um, satellite cable. Making that company money while you're getting the scraps. Yeah. So like I'm a numbers guy. So I look back. And I look at how much they were paying me to do that job. And at the time, you know, it was, it was okay money. It was my first like career, you know, had the, the benefits. And, and I think for, for that time in my life, for working for that really hard physical labor, if I could, if I could bring home $1,400 every two weeks, that was great. I was bring home. I remember my ex-wife, that's, that's kind of what we would shoot for. As, as long as I could keep my paychecks around fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars bring home. Uh, so that's like 700 bucks a week, but it was like probably for six days and probably 70-something hours a week. Right. You know, of course, they gave me gave me free TV. You know, that was nice. Nice little uh, little treat. Pizza parties. Yep, for free free TV and course i had the 401k and all that stuff so and a take-home vehicle i got to drive my van home so i thought i thought it was good but looking back you know all the all the work that i was doing in somebody's home the custom work you know like literally installing a piece of equipment on their roof custom right. you know not like nice and sealed up in silicone running the cables down behind trim and vinyl siding tucked away where you can't see it or if you, you clip it all this custom work, you know, not only installing the system, but then teaching them how to use it, placing the, the direct TV box in their entertainment center, running all the cables, programming the remote there for sometimes three and four hours. And I might would get 70 bucks, right. 60 bucks to where, I mean, you know, now in the real world, if, if you were to hire a company like a, I don't know, a contractor to come in and do that kind of scope of work to your home, uh, you're talking if, $1,500. Thousands of dollars to do that kind of work, that that kind of caliber of work. So, and, and you're right, the company like that, they, they may not be making $1,000 up front, but they're looking at the lifetime value of that customer. <laughs> they know that that customer going to be paying 60, 70, 80 bucks a month for however long the contract is. So, they're yeah, they're making a lot of money and just giving us little, little pennies. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, once you get out and make your first batch of like easy, real money. That's, that's when it really clicks, you know, and I encourage people to, to try to think outside the box. I mean, I know we're in a different generation now and you got kids that are, some of them don't want to get out and work, but like, I know I live in a neighborhood with, um, a lot of homes and it's a pretty prominent area, doctors, business owners, you know, I, and I live there and I've never had a teenager come up 
and knock on my door and ask if they can make some extra money, whether it's doing yard work or wash my car. And I'm like, where they, where they at? What's happened to the, the younger generation? But like, but at the same time, I see these same teenagers that live in my neighborhood leave and go to work for like, you know, Publix or Kroger or whatever and make eight, $9 an hour. And I'm like, I put myself in their shoes and maybe it's just a different mindset, but I wish they would know that like you could find 10 or 15 vehicles in that neighborhood and, and wash them on a regular basis and rotate them out and make a couple hundred dollars, you know, on the weekend just by washing vehicles. So it's, it's, I've got a young man that works with me. Um, about six months in, I realized I needed help. And I'd put online, hey, I need help. Um, and his grandmother had reached out to me and said, hey, this uh, my grandson's looking for work. He's not in school anymore. Uh, would you take him on with you and teach him? Right. I, well, I mean, he was 16 at the time. And I'm paying this this dude starting out with me while I'm teaching him 15 bucks an hour. Because he may not have known all the ins and outs, but his help, you know, I went from being able to mow seven or eight yards a day to like 15. There you go. You doubled, you doubled your production. Right. So then I added up. I'm like, well, if I'm paying him 15 bucks an hour and he roughly gets, you know, $100 a day or whatever. But I just added $400 worth of yards in that day. I'm making more. He gets money. We both win. And there was a couple times this summer when we were hoofing it. I mean, mowing big commercial properties, weed eating, edging, lemming, treeing. And I looked at the end of the week, and I'm like, you made $800 this week? And he just laughs. Yeah. But I pay him a decent wage, too, because I want him to stick around. I want him to learn something. Right. I've got him now with me building decks and learning different skills and if he uses those later, maybe he'll start his own company one day. Maybe he'll be with me for a few more years. Um, but keeping around good help, you're going to have to pay people a decent wage, um, or they, or you're not going to keep them around. Mm-hmm. You offer them twelve bucks an hour, and you, you if you're weed eating in the direct sunlight for eight nine hours, <laughs> twelve bucks an hour ain't worth it. Yeah, not now. No, it's things have. Yeah, twelve bucks. I don't know how much. What is what is minimum wage now, man? I I, the, I hear I hear stories that like there's fast food restaurants paying fourteen, fifteen bucks an hour. Is that true? I, I, that's true. I think minimum wage in Georgia is still. I don't know. Someone will correct us. I think it's still like seven, seven forty or eight. But there are fast food restaurants like pay, paying in, fifteen in this area. Yeah, like I, I've I've often wanted to like get on their website just to see or. I know Buc- uh, Bucky's or Busey's. As, <laughs> Bucky's, uh, yeah. Bucky's up there in uh, Calhoun. 20 bucks an hour, 20, is that right? 20 an hour. So, interesting story about that. Uh, I did have a ex-employee. Uh, she didn't She didn't leave us, leave me to go work for Bucky's. She had went through some other stuff uh, before that. But she said Bucky's, yes, pays well, but they work you. And they work strict. you strict. Like, the, there is no, like, downtime. Nope. Uh, they have a list a mile long that you got to do. So you, you're making good money, but it's it's a lot of a lot of to, they expect a lot of you while you're there. You know, super super efficient. So there's no downtime or phone time. Yeah, it's like no phone time, no <laughs> exposed tattoos, no this, no that. I looked at their list one day and was like, okay, y'all. So you're making twenty bucks an hour, but it's 
prison with a paycheck again. Um, yeah. And, and, and all seriousness, y'all, it may not be a landscape company. It may not be stump grinding. It may not be a smoothie shop or a podcast. I mean, figure out what you're good at, what you can make money at. Um, instead of look, all right. Instead of looking at your business as how can I make money? How can I impact and change things? Like, yeah, I may be mowing grass, but I have a relationship with all of my customers. I mean, we will stand there in the yard and talk. I mean, I've always been a talker anyway. Um, but I actually, like, like some of my relationships with some of my customers have turned into almost family. Yeah. And and for me, I always go above and beyond. I, I, I've taught my coworker, if it looks like it needs to be weed-eated and we're here, <laughs> I may not go to the customer and say, it's going to you know, you know how many people I talk to, they're like, Man, the last guy charged per bush. And I'm like, I understand, y'all. And, that, well, it was $700 to have all my bushes trimmed. I was like, you're getting robbed. I said, I kind of have set mine up as an hourly rate. If I'm already here, right. my yeah. equipment's already here. I already have the pole saw on the truck, and you want those limbs trimmed. Uh, yeah, all right, let's throw an hour on there. But it's it's I always try to do something at every job a little bit above what the customer asks. Yeah, that's why your your business is going to keep growing, um, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's a large reason why the stump grinding business took off as quick as it did because I didn't nickel and dime people. Mm-hmm. Um, if they if if they wanted a few extra stumps done, no extra charge, uh, small things like trash, like if I parked on the side of the street and I noticed a, a styrofoam cup laying in the ditch. I would pick it up even though if it, if it, even though it wasn't mine because I didn't want them to think it was mine. Right, just stuff like that, and uh, communication. Like, just if, if there's any business owners that are going to be listening to this podcast episode, like the I think the biggest advice I can give, and I know you'll agree, is like answering the phone and calling people back and staying in touch with them. I couldn't tell you how many times a customer would say, "I'm surprised you picked up," or "Call me back." You know, we've called five or five other people, and you were the only one that either answered the phone or called us back fairly quickly. You know, so I, I would work all day, and man, as tired as I was, I didn't really feel like coming home and getting back on the phone. But sometimes I would get home, and you know, I would take a little bit of a breather, um, depending on what time it was, and then I would just sit down at my dining room table and start calling people back or shooting them a text. And customers really, really appreciated that. Yeah, there's been there's been I'm sure I've upset a few customers where I I would it looked like I was gonna do a job and then I might message them and tell them hey I'm not gonna make it I'm too backed up oh yeah or or refer them hey I can't get to your fence here's another fence company that did a good job at my friend's house I don't even know this guy but he did a good job check out him um, and but I always try at least you got back you told them something even to if it was something them. they didn't want to hear even that's better than nothing there's only been a few that got lost in transition between voicemails and missed calls. Oh yeah. And don't get me wrong. I dropped the ball, um, more than enough times. Like I, and I was just honest with people. I'm like, look, you must, uh, call me while I was driving. And I, I did the whole try to remember to write it down when I got parked yeah. type thing. And it didn't happen, yeah. you know, and that's, that's usually when it happened. So, uh, I, I, I got vivid memories of 
people call me saying, I just called to see uh, where you were. You, you said you were going to be out Monday and it's, it's Wednesday. And I'm like, um, what, what is your name? And they're like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you're not on my list. I'm sorry. You know, like totally just owned up to it, owed up to it and just told me, you know, must've called me while I was driving or something that's been crazy. So I was always honest with about it. But for the most part, I tried to always stay in touch with people. And sometimes I would have like stuff I could just copy and paste through text messages or the quick reply on the phone. Yeah. Cause that's the cool part. Technology is, is awesome. These days you can, I feel like you have a little bit better opportunity to stay in touch with customers through all the features on these phones. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Um, what other angles can we talk about with the entrepreneur world? We talked about some of the fears of leaving the job. We've talked about some of the legal stuff. We talked about some of the money that may or may not need, be needed to start your own business. And we talked about like how there is opportunities out there to make more money than you probably think. Yeah. We've gave some examples of that, like how once you do it and realize, Hey, you got people willing to pay you for this and you're making sometimes in just a couple of days, what you would normally make your, your, your real job. That's, that's when the, that's when it gets fun. Oh yeah. No, that's, and that, that really boils it down to, um, that fear of stepping out. And now this summer, this June will be two years. It's technically my third season because I started in the middle of summer the first year. But when I get up to this summer, I'm technically in my third mowing season. Third summer, yep. And, um, man, it's just mind-blowing. Like I tell people now, I will shovel ditches the rest of my life before I'll go back and work for another company. Yeah, that's that's, I've often had that thought too, is like, what, what would happen if, you know, crap hit the fan and I had to go back to work? I don't know. I mean, it just, I don't know if that's an option. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I would, uh, I think at this point I would, ha I would make it work somehow. I know it's cause I know it's possible, you know, I might have to pivot and find something else. It may be uncomfortable, but I, I've, I've been on this side of the fence for since 2000, late 2015 mm -hmm. so i know that it's it's possible and that blows my mind too sometimes to say that i've been self-employed for what seven years eight years something like that yeah. so really cool so yeah if, if i'm like you I don't, I don't know man that'd be so hard to um to have to clock punch a punch a time clock um or go back to work even for like even even for a good company like I don't know, man. Like even like somebody like Georgia Power, right? Like they 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 make good money. They get the benefits and all that. But I just don't have a desire to to do that because I see the freedom that I've had. You know, to be able to do things like this, and I I, I meet with my, with my mother. You know, every few weeks for lunch, my grandmother. Yeah. So. I mean, I I when I used to work at the previous company back in '08 when everything was crashing, I watched men in their late 60s, early 70s, watch every single day their retirement portfolios. Oh, man. And they had to keep it at a certain dollar amount so that they could still comfortably retire. And these guys, I left in 2021, and some of them were still there pushing 80 years old, trying to build back their retirement portfolios so that they could maintain the huge house payment and the new truck and the lifestyle. And I told all of them, I said, y'all, I will live in a tent in down, you know, or Chris Farley in right. the van down <laughs> by the river. Yep. Um, 
to have freedom. I mean, what is the most important? Is it money? Is it a lifestyle? Is it the, the perfect house? And are you, are you, are you dressing yourself up? I want, I want freedom. And, um, I mean, I'll be totally honest on here, man. Mid COVID our company offered, um, to empty your 401ks with no penalty and you could split up your taxes over three years. Yeah. Wow. I cashed it. Most yeah. of it, about yeah. 75% of it. And I paid off a ton of debts. Didn't even know a year later I would start my own business. Yeah. And it helped. Um, and, but people wouldn't even consider that. Well, th- this is going to throw me off from my retirement. I said, what if you don't make it to retirement? Tomorrow's not promised. Yeah. Like tomorrow's not promised. I mean, we all know that. And we're, we're banking on enjoying life whenever we can't enjoy it. You hear that a lot. You hear all those sad stories where people finally retire and then two years later they get cancer or something, you know, or pass away or, oh, he was only, he was only six months from retiring and he had a heart attack. You know, so, stuff like that. It's sad. I think it dawned on me, um, me and a coworker were walking into uh, the plant one day and I uh, had a very good friend um, helping me out in ministry and doing different things in my life um, that was my inspector at work. And uh, as we walked into work, he was um, laying on the floor in the tunnel and they were doing CPR on him. Really? And uh, I held on to his boots and prayed over him as he took his last breath. And he was five months from retirement. Five months. And how, how old was he? Probably he, in his he 60s, was 61. 61. He was going to retire at 62. Yeah. And draw early Social Security and everything. And he had been there 30, 30 or 35 years. It's most of his life. You got to yeah. think about this too, y'all. You're there five, six days a week, 10 hours a day. Your time. commute, You've, then you're then you're sleeping. So you, how, how much is how much of your life is your life? None. <laughs> All right, you think about it. yeah, you're right. You're and working for somebody else. You're sleeping. Your drive time, what's left? <laughs> I mean, and then and then and then we get upstairs after watching this man die, and we we're get, and then we get we get tardies because we didn't clock in in time. Oh my gosh! And that afternoon, there was a new inspector sitting at his desk. And you and it, and that was about two years before COVID. Now everything really you know crap hit the fan, and it really started a war in my head of, am I am I really going to work here my whole life, and not even maybe enjoy the you can have a million dollars in your four hundred one k when you I'm like y'all, I don't even care if I have a four hundred one anymore or retirement. I want to wake up in the morning and feel alive. I want to wake up in the morning and be like, Hey, you know, I'm doing something and it's not money based. It's well, it's, and doing something could be sleeping in an extra hour to spend time with your, your kids. Or, we didn't even discuss the, that side of being a business owner. I used to get in bed by 10 o'clock at night and I had to wake up every morning at three fifteen. Leave the house by three forty-five. Just to be there by five thirty. Clock in was five thirty. So you're racing down seventy-five, running eighty miles an hour, racing through Marietta, getting out of your car and sprinting just to hit the badge as the bell goes off every morning. Man. I mean, dude, that messes with your head. That no wonder so many people are depressed and anxiety 
um, just to immediately have to have a morning meeting where you get pounded on how you didn't do a good enough job the day before. Yeah, and after you done drove through all that crazy traffic too. And if it rains, there's no excuse. If there's a car crash, there's no excuse. You better have sick time to cover your hours. And then, and then I mean, even the mind, like, oh man, I I got like I had a friend of mine message me right before Christmas and say, oh man, I'm gonna use a vacation day and take an extra day for Christmas. Extra and I was day. like. You, you start you start seeing like um it's the they, they throw the breadcrumbs and it's like this big gift oh I get my 10 hours of vacation this month yeah and if I if I save all this up I could finally take my family to the beach this year it's weird how you now that you're on the other side and yeah. you hear that coming from other people's mouth you you, you kind of feel sorry for them but not in a, like a, you don't you don't look down on them right right but right you, you know what I'm saying yeah. you you kind of feel for them like crap they don't they don't, they don't get it. They can't see the other side of what could be better. And, and you know what, for those listening that are working in jobs, it's not, we're not down talking no. that lifestyle either. Like if you, if that's what you want to do, do it and do it well. Um, I'm just saying if you are tired of the rat race, then, then make your, at least if you make your own rat race, right? Yeah. It's yours. You get to own it. Yep. And if it's crazy and stressful, at least you're the one in control of it versus someone else making a salary off of your energy, your gifts, your talents, your hard work. Um, try something on your own. Yeah, because either either way, life is going to be life for the most part is pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So it can at least it can be hard in kind of your your favor. Right. You're 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 where you're the captain of the ship. Oh yeah, of course. You know, instead of working for somebody else and all the stress and everything else. So cool. Well, I don't know, man. What, what other angles are we missing on that? Um, I think we touched about on a little bit of everything as far as the self-employment oh, it type was, venture. It was the sleeping in. Oh, yeah, just some of the – that's another benefit to where – I mean, I, I average now. Like, we go to bed pretty early. I mean, we've got little ones. My oldest is 10. My youngest is 2. Um, especially during the winter months, you know, it gets dark. So we try to get everybody in bed about, about eight o'clock and I don't know how many nights that we lay down at like eight 30. I'm like, I don't yeah. know, what am I going to do? Like watch uselessness on TV. Like what? Like right. so eight, nine o'clock. And now I get up at six and I start adding it up. I'm like, some nights I'm getting nine hours of sleep. It's crazy. Right. And for years it was four hours of sleep and two Red Bulls on the way to work. Yeah, quick trip hot dog and whatever else. Um, just yeah, just go 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 and just tr- grabbing whatever you can get your hands yep. on. Yeah, and I know back when I had the stump grinding business, you're right. I could I had the freedom, you know, not, not unless I had told a customer I was going to be there at a certain time, but if I wanted to sleep in a little bit, I could, or if I wanted to go knock out some stuff and then get started later in the day, I had that freedom and an option to do that. And it, it it always has felt really good to kind of be in control of my my time and day. And yes, the whole self employed thing is definitely got days where everything's going wrong. Oh and, my! And sometimes, yeah, when you're in the midst of it, in the thick of it, you're like, crap. Maybe, maybe you know, you, you do want to just hang it all up. And I've you know. had I've had those moments. <laughs> but once you get through it, you're like, I don't know. Once you once you start having those days, and you realize it's just a bad day and you get through it, you get, you get a little bit better about processing it where it's not as stressful on you. Um, well, cool, man. I, 
think that's going to wrap it up. I appreciate you jumping on and kind of giving some listeners kind of an insight on what it's like leaving the comfort of a of a job and all the the risk and you know the it, the perks too advantages of oh, yeah. being self-employed and like you said earlier i mean we're not knocking anybody at all that's oh, working yeah. for somebody else i mean obviously there, there takes there takes people to make the world work of course you know if, if everybody was self-employed you might not have hospitals you might not have there's people that do their job very well and maybe happy yeah but if you're miserable and you're you're in the rat race and you're just doing it for the benefits i think we just want to encourage you that life is so much more beautiful than that and life is not guaranteed till retirement yeah no yeah if you're wanting if you feel like you want to take a chance take a chance it's worth it yeah if you want like like you just said if you want to continue working do really good at your job but if if you're tired of it i'm telling you now yeah and that's what's cool in the times we're living in you got there's there's ways to to learn like let's just say you're you're pretty good at painting you think you could really make some some good money doing artwork you know but you're lacking maybe some of the business skills you know you got youtube you got so many tools to to learn all the other stuff that you might that might be the fear because there's a lot of people that that might have that awesome skill or talent but they're just totally shutting down because of all the legal stuff and the llc and all that stuff but i'm telling you it's not that bad no it works itself out it does it yeah. does um yeah well cool man well i think that's gonna that's gonna wrap this this episode up and uh thanks, we'll thanks do it again me. yeah man we'll catch you next time